Station for the makers and breakers. Hey there, Jules Zund here, host of Startup Nation on Disrupt Radio. You can catch me live on air Monday to Thursday, 4 to 6pm on DAB Plus and online at disrupt.radio. But welcome along to our podcast, Startup Nation Struggles and Success, where we've basically done all the hard work for you. We know how busy life is as an entrepreneur. I'm a tech founder myself, so I get it. We have compiled the best bite-sized insights from some of the brightest brains I've had on the show. Like our first guest, Ben Fisterer, he's the CEO and co-founder of Zella. It's a platform that simplifies finance management solutions for Australian businesses. This company hit unicorn status within one year after launching in 2021. Unicorn status, $1 billion plus. Embarrassingly, I didn't know much about these guys, but I'm so glad that Ben dropped by the studio. Enjoy. Welcome to the studio, Ben. Thanks, Jules. So, mate, I want to apologise because, I, look, I'm not a finance guy, right? Like, a few years ago, I was getting paid to talk about Taylor Swift's new haircut on radio, right? So, yep. and, and in my business, i got a CFO and a CEO because I'm too dumb for all that stuff. So, I haven't got across Zella nearly enough. And then I saw that you launched in 2021. Yep then hit unicorn status with a valuation of uh, one billion in less than a year. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, what yeah. what did you like did you know it was gonna do that? Like what what are we talking here? Like who does that? How did <laughs> I've never even heard anything like that. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty crazy ride to start. Um, but it's also a career worth of effort to get to that point before yeah. we launched it and the team behind it's pretty phenomenal as well. So yeah, we're lucky, uh, lucky and a good strategy, good timing, um, everything put together and we just sort of yeah, went pretty fast from that valuation perspective. But yeah, been busy building and growing the business since. So um, you can be pretty precise with your strategy, but then you're kicking off like six weeks before COVID hit. So (laughs) talk to me about that. Yeah, well, yeah, we literally sort of got together and put the business the first sort of uh, piece of anything um, on a piece of paper on the 1st of Jan uh, 2020. Uh, and then I think it was about three weeks later we had investment from Square Peg. So it was, we knew it was going to go fast. We hadn't done anything to get that. So, and from there we spent 12, 14 months building the business. And so it was just head down. Obviously COVID hit us all. Uh, and weirdly that was really good for us because as you all know, yeah. we're all literally locked in our homes. So yeah. what better to do than build a business? So we worked ridiculously hard um, and things started to come together really fast. So 14 months later we launched. So um, because I haven't done... Uh, days of research uh, and you're modest. This is going to be really hard to surface right. the brilliance in this, right? But let's uh, let's attempt it together and don't be too modest because otherwise you're not going to learn anything, right? So, um, yeah, you've had a you've you've had an incredible background. So you worked uh, and ran Square here in Australia, yep. uh, which is now Block. I'm curious though. I mean, you, what was it that you wrote down in a line? that was so precise that Square Peg, one of the greatest, you know, the funds here in the country, and no doubt others falling over themselves, and then it, and they were right, and you guys were right, and it just it just hit a bullseye so quickly. Like, what what is the bit? Um, I mean, yeah, being modest, they, Don't they be, would have to tell you. If I hazarded a guess, I would look at it and go a, a few different things. So what... 
that first conversation with Paul was, for me, it was fascinating. I mean, Bassett, he, who Paul founded Bassett. Seek. Seek. Yep, yep, yep. And obviously going on with Square Peg, built an amazing venture capital firm. Yep. Um, and many other positions he holds as yeah. well. So uh, yeah, the first meeting was a bit of naivety on my side. So uh, I went into their office uh, via a mutual friend, um, uh, Mike Starkey at Athena Home Loans. Yep. I said I was going to build this business, and he said, go and meet Paul. I met Paul once, but no sort of great details. So anyway, went in there. I didn't have a pitch deck. I wasn't even going to pitch. In hindsight, that's stupid because you're in a VC company, so yeah. why else would you be there? Uh, but, yeah, I just started talking. And, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of sort of body language and what have you. So I was looking at him. I remember seeing it. He's probably a bit embarrassed to hear me say this, but um, kind of sitting back when we started. And then yeah. the more I spoke, he kind of leant in a bit, and then he had his sort of elbows yeah. on his knees. And, and I think the reason uh, we clicked so much is that, so many businesses around the world in the fintech space have tried different things, but they're always around the edges. So, like, whether you're doing credit cards or loans or or invoicing or what have you, but we thought we want to take on the biggest challenge there is, which is to become businesses' main financial institution, to where they actually hold their banking and they oh, do it. Oh, okay. So the general you, yeah, and talk to me like I'm a grade six kid, because <laughs> that's when I stopped learning about maths and finances. I have a grade six kid, and Great. he outshines me all the time. So, okay. I don't know how to talk to that. Um... <laughs> Uh, so basically what, what Zella does is we started off with payments, but basically we had a look at what does every business need? They don't yeah. just need one product. They need all these different yeah. products. But in today's world, you go to a traditional bank or yeah. maybe a neobank, but a traditional bank, mm. you get an account and then you go and get payments from someone else yeah. and you get invoicing from someone else. You might get a specific product or fintech service from other people. And we thought, well, what does every business need? And this is Australia or around the world. And the common things we saw was, one, they need to accept electronic payments. We know cash is disappearing. So that was a non-negotiable. I had a strong background yep. in payments, so I knew how to do that. The second part of it is once they accept that payment, they need to put it somewhere. And that's where all these businesses then go off to a bank and they get stuck mm. in the bureaucracy and the red tape yeah. of signing up to an account. So we thought, well, what if we can put payments and an account together? And we thought, well, that's a pretty compelling proposition. But the third part of that for businesses is how do they get out the door? How do they pay bills, invoices, employees, what have you? So that's the, the payment side. So we thought we can bring together payments in, money held payments out into one cohesive solution that could work and that could help become that main financial institution for businesses. So we basically set about building those three products to start yeah. and now we've just sort of grown out from there. So how could that not exist before then? Because my brain goes, yeah, that, that makes sense. So... It, did, it wasn't there. Is it, are they? Are other regions behind us? Like I, I look in the states, and their idea of sort of financial innovation is that they have an app that you take a photo of the check. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally, totally. Don't get rid of totally. the check. Yep. So are we? Are we ahead of the curve here? What, we actually are. We actually are. In Australia, we're very advanced for payments technology, like tap Why? and go, Why? pay wave, call it what you will. Afterpay. Yeah, Afterpay was born here. Contactless was, was with the biggest contactless market in the world. We were now a lot of oh. others have caught up. Uh, we were first on chip technology, on cards. We've just been quite an advanced market from that perspective. So um, as to why, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. it's just going to happen over the time. So, um, yeah, pretty good place to launch a business. But on the flip side, it's held very tightly by four oligopolistic banks. Yep. So anyone in their right mind thinking about taking their money is obviously doesn't have a right mind, it's stupid. So, And then that, that was the thing holding us back at the start. It's like, how can we do this? It's so big, it's so audacious. Mm. We have to get a lot of things right to do this. So that was the biggest thing that sort of held us at the start. And then once we yeah. thought, well, if we get the ingredients right, we can do it. So. What's the quality within you personally that if you lost, you would struggle, the business would struggle? Um, I mean, for me, 
uh, I've always been annoying to work with. I've always wanted to get stuff done yesterday, push yeah. far, push hard. You're annoying to interviews. So. Thank you, thank you. That that was what I was going for. Yeah. Um, you use words like ogopolistic <laughs> as if you. Uh, I told you what I used to do. Do you think I, between talking about Kim Kardashian's ass and this, I learn how to, what, oligopolistic? I'm going to say that. Say it. Oligopolistic. Take that. I think I even screwed it up And walk. I hope you bloody did. No one has a right. So do you know what monopolistic means? Yeah. All right, it's basically four. Okay. So four behaving very badly. I would have thought it'd be a quadrupolish stick. Yeah, you're probably right. See, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't come I, here to learn anything, Jules. So I didn't mean to change the English <laughs> language, but I think I've got a point, don't I? Yeah, you do. So your annoying trait is... Uh, well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> your, your lucrative trait is annoying. Yeah, I just... I like hard jobs. I like. I, I just kind of realised pretty, pretty early on that... I don't want to do a nine-to-five job. I don't want to do easy stuff. I get bored super quick, so yeah. I want to do hard stuff. So every, all my roles got harder and harder and harder, to, much to my detriment. Yeah. And my last role at Square, despite it seeming like a quite a nice fintech role, the first year and a half was phenomenally difficult. Like, everyone didn't want Square to launch. I had everything fighting to put a, to not let us launch. So I went through a lot of personal and business hardship to get that yeah. business on its feet. So I learned, learned an extraordinary amount of about resilience, about tenacity yeah. and how to get stuff done. And once you've gone through that, and I've been through it a few times, but that was like the biggest one, then I just realised, I know once you've gone through something like that, you can look back and go, you can get through stuff. So yeah. launching a business like, hey, let's launch a bank seems like a stupid idea. <laughs> but I knew that if you get yeah. the ingredients right, you can get stuff done. So, yeah. Amazing. Co-founder, there's four of you, like the Avengers, aren't you? Yeah. We were talking about how serendipitous it was that you all came together. Any lovers' tiffs yet? This is the weird thing about it, and this is one of the, what you talked about, superpowers, if I had to say that. We're not Avengers superpowers. Forget that. Um, oh, that's going to no, be the headline. No, no, ben Fistress says that he's not. a superhero. If you saw us, you'd know we're definitely not. Um, <laughs> well, you've seen one of us. Um, uh, I've forgotten your question. Uh, no, the, the, the strength of the, my, my co-founders is phenomenal. So just having, like, basically yeah. two effective CTOs and a super talented, more of a generalist, you hate me for saying that, but an all-round superstar and Dom. Uh, so the, the four of us, I think it's... So we have never had an argument. It's the weirdest thing. Oh, for, how boring. Yeah, I know, I know. Worth, maybe it's coming, maybe it's just... Yeah, it up. is, yeah. Yeah, when... when Well, when do you think... When would it? Uh, I could have come value. many times. No, but no, it's no, like no, a, no. It's a... It's a... I mean, you would know your values align, but when yeah. do you think they come into question, is it like, all right, we're going to sell now or like... We- could do something. I think what we do really well um, is we play our roles. And yeah. so running the business, they, they trust yeah. me to do that and yeah. make those calls, raising money, cool. whatever. And and, they, and I can't do what they do, so they do it very, yeah. very well what they do. So yeah. that delineation of roles is really clear and it's helped us a long way. And at the risk of sounding older, a bit more mature than yeah, yeah. really young startups. Yeah. So don't agree with me, Jules. Yeah. No, we, 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 yeah. Yeah, You're we, older than me by about a year, I reckon. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> That's not Calvin on the radio. I'm 44. I'm older than that. Good. Um, <laughs> Good. You're more successful, so at least if you were younger, I'd be... <laughs> I, don't know I wouldn't... I'd cry. I don't think too I'm many like, people know me on the street. I think most people know you, mate. So yeah, yeah. They just don't like like me. So um, you, you sort of, first thing written on paper um, was January 2020, yep. and then um, you sort of launched the business in May 21, and 
by March the next year, it had already become a unicorn, billion-dollar valuation. Yeah. Where does it go from a unicorn? Like, are there any other fancy terms? Don't maybe. I hate the term unicorn, and I can't yeah, believe well, we've so said right. it so many times. Well, give so, me that. Uh, <laughs> I'd get used to it pretty quick, mate. I mean, what privilege. I hate being called the founder yeah, no, of unicorn. definitely a, a oh, God, first privilege. World, first world problem. <laughs> um, I hate being founder of a unicorn. <laughs> no, I like being founder of a company. But it's just like, it's like that's a goal. And when you're building a business... I know, I know, I get all that. But no what's the fancy it? term for the next step up? Uh, and, and what bi- uh, and what, what amount does it... It's, I, think it I think it's Decacorn, which is 10 million. 10 Decacorn, million. oh yeah, that sounds shit. Yeah, Decacorn. I can't believe <laughs> you, you like waltzed in here, started <laughs> flopping around your Decacorn. <laughs> so let's, um, let's... How big is the company now? How many staff members? Uh, about 225. Great. Yeah. And can you make a prediction? You're the CEO, you should be able to five years how many staff globally uh no i don't have the prediction so again no. failure as a ceo 12 um, months uh we're actually uh, pretty good with the team now we're still hiring so i got really? about 20 roles yeah. hiring so maybe yeah. those roles get filled over the next sort of six months yeah um but we are pretty particular by the way we hire. Um, yeah, I haven't drawn a line to see where it's going to go. We do, when we start doing our annual planning, we work out a headcount from yeah. there. So I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to measure the success on the number of nah. people we have working nah. for us. That so. was a stupid question. Yeah. Um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I get the point, mate, by the look in your face. So um, next question. Yeah. You've spent a lot of time in the financial services in, in that industry, for most people, finance, they have a funny relationship with it. Mm. I think mostly they feel insecure that they can't do it all, understand it all, yep. even everything from tax, you're taught to just, you know, sort of, <laughs> you know, outsource that, yep. think about it. Um, from a financial well-being point of view, do you have any tips or insights that you can share with those listening right now, how they can, I suppose, feel greater harmony in that space? Yeah, yeah you're spot on because particularly businesses, like, you know, why do you start a business? Like, you started because you've got a passion, hospitality or yeah. retail yeah, or... food, fashion, fitness, not P&L. 100%, 100%. And the, the funny part is that's the very end of the process when you get paid. And then when these businesses get paid, often they're not thinking about that or what to do with it, how to manage. So you're absolutely right. I, I would say like high 90% of businesses would have no idea or not doing the optimal situation to maximise the way they manage their finances. And it can be unstressful because most businesses crash or close because of cash flow issues. So yeah. getting that right is almost as important as everything else they do up to that. Yeah. So It's just the boring bit for most. Totally, but... Getting money in and getting it out is like it's pretty yeah. important. But so, you yeah. sort of just hope it just happens. Yes. Like your first job. Well, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. That's like as much as we can automate, simplify, yeah. bring together, it should just happen. So that the, in principle, when, you, when you're with Zella, basically you sign up. From that customer making that payment to you, you don't have to touch that again until it's in zero or your yeah. accounting software. That's pretty close to perfect, right? Yeah. So you have to and reconcile it, and to balance it, you have to do anything. So our idea is to bring sort of payments and accounts yeah. and cards and everything together into one so you don't have to have that complexity and run your business. So it's yeah. a big part of why we're around. Amazing. So it gives back people peace of mind and time Absolutely. and energy and relieves Absolutely. anxiety. So who is your customer? So is it mid-market? Is it merchants? Like we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening right now. Can they get involved? Absolutely. Any type of business can use oh, that. Oh, really? Any type. So we were best known for payment terminals to start. So anyone that accepts 
face-to-face payments, spot yep. on for them. But our, we've now grown out a lot. So if you need a, any form of uh, transaction, business transaction account, a business card, uh, invoicing system, payments, yep. a CRM, anything, you sign up with Zelle, that's all there. Everything is ready to go. The only thing you pay for is when you process a payment with us. So if you're, if you're doing your banking there, if you're doing your business mm. cards, that's all free. So no matter what type of business wow. you are, you can sign up today. And most businesses can get up and running within five minutes. So uh, yeah, really a product to help pretty much any business type. Um, as a example, um, there's a great video on your site of Rathdown Village. It's in Melbourne and it has an enormous amount of history and it's just sort of like this little ecosystem of the barista and the baker and the news agency, etc. W- why did you invest in creating a short film around that? Yeah, it's probably a couple of things. A little bit selfish from our perspective because the more businesses, we've had 40,000 businesses sign up now and one of the best parts of all of our jobs there is we get to know these businesses to a degree, right? Yeah. But we've never actually gone that next depth to actually know a little bit more about why they started their business, what yeah. are they doing? And we just started to see in different groups around Australia these pockets of businesses using Zella and Rathdown Village was a perfect one, so inner city Melbourne, yeah. Carlton, Carlton North area. And our team went out and had a chat to one of them and then, then the stories that came out of that were phenomenal and they're captured in the, in, yeah. in the movie and it just went from there. It was like, these are incredible stories yeah. and that's literally walking from one business to the next. Each of them has these unique, amazing, multicultural, from the bottom yeah. to the top sort of stories. Uh, and yeah, it just took legs from there and we thought we've got to put this into yeah. a, a short film and celebrate it. Zeller's launched some features and I thought I got it and now it's it's very different to what I thought, which is tap to pay on iPhone yep. is not is not the obvious one, is it? No, no. So a lot of people have come very used to using their phones as a payment mechanism, yeah. a proxy for a card. This is actually flipping that. So rather than having to get a terminal or any form of reader, you can now use your iPhone with the Zeller app on it and tap a phone or a card on that. So it's fantastic yeah. for small businesses, market sellers, tradies, yeah. people on the road, etc. So we just got to the point where we could have a tiny terminal. We could even plug something Correct. into our iPhone. So you've already made that redundant like it's a mini disc player. Yes, pretty much. So yeah. you remember mini discs? Remember that I short do. period I where do. that was the innovation? Yeah. And then the next thing, like it had the world's worst tenure <laughs> of true. any innovation. Did you buy one? I bought one. I did. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I mean, you couldn't buy many of the mini discs. Like, no. you know, I remember, I think I had a silver chair one. And then I had my speaker system had a mini disc player. Oh, nice. But before, you went all in. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But before anything really happened, it was just completely <laughs> wiped out, right? <laughs> I think what came next, the iPod, didn't it? Or was uh, there something else? There was just like crappy MP3 streaming ones. Yeah, first, yeah. I think. Yeah, there and was. then it went from Either there. way, you've just done that with all of these little terminals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're all carrying phones around in our pockets these days, so why not turn them into terminals? So, yeah, just by simply downloading the app and signing up, you automatically can accept payments. So, dumb question. Like, when I go to the markets, right, and, you know, everyone's got those small terminals, which I think is bloody good. Like, I'm there going, rock on, small business. Why didn't those people doing that do yours? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Innovation's hard, for starters, and so a lot of businesses don't prioritise it or don't get on it. But Maybe. these are innovative companies. They I'd are. name them, but they're your they competitors, are. and you've probably still got friends working. Are you happily going to just go at their throats? Can I name well, them? Well, I ironically set that business yeah. up in Australia, so I know a lot about it, so <laughs> yeah. it feels weird to then disrupt my old job, but... 
But ultimately, <laughs> if I can hazard a guess as to why they didn't do it, it's kind of you have to cannibalise yourself. What do you mean they? You were the they. No, no, no. I mean, I was the first person, but I had a team of people around me. So yeah, the yeah. they, they, they. Yep. So, no, no, I think it's hard to disrupt yourself. And they had to do that. Maybe they were hesitant to do it, and so we moved first. Amazing. Um, what are the implications it has for small businesses? Uh, for that, it's fantastic. So, I mean, there's a lot of different users, use cases for this. So, uh, there's a negative one in terms of if your traditional terminal goes out, Let's, as we saw from the Optus outage, a few of the bank terminals were linked to those. They had outages, and so they couldn't accept payments. But if these merchants had the Zeller app on their phone, they could just ramp that up and a st- good stopgap yeah. measure. It can be used in conjunction with a Zeller terminal. So, you can have that on your countertop, but you want to go on field sales to tables around yeah. your shop so you can have it in your phone there. Um, there's a couple of use cases and ultimately also queue busting. So if you've got a massive queue and you need to get through some sales, you can walk down the queue with an iPhone and, and take payments. So a few different use cases. Amazing. Um, you also launched Split payments. We did. We did. Well, this is something that was a bit of a bugbear for me. Now, some companies have tried to do this, but I don't think they've done it that well. So, split payments is mainly for hospitality, but it can be used in different sectors. It's basically when you get the bill come to your table and you're like, you've got five people there, how do you split it? Assuming any sort of weird conversations with your friends, whether yeah. it's even or whatever. But with Zella split payments, um, you can split the payment by the number of people. You can split it by the percentage or the amount. Um, and you can also, what we're bringing soon, which is very exciting, you actually split by the item. So you can actually say, well, I had the steak, I had the red wine, whatever, and you can do it like that. So the good thing about it, that it takes that awkward yeah. moment of payment amongst friends or even yeah. business yeah. meeting and things like that out of the equation. And get, I usually go to the bathroom at that stage anyway. Right. So I just get out of there and hope someone else has, so like one they, of my rich friends has covered it. <laughs> now, they can, they, now they can get you and say, well, oh, one yeah. for me, one for Jules when he gets back. <laughs> yeah, so. he, he had the, the Ville medallions. <laughs> Damn. No, I didn't. And the Dom Perignon, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, that's, I mean, that's such a frustrating thing that it shits me that hospital, why can't restaurants, is it just too hard for them? And so you're just making it easy for them to say yes, because they, they're annoying, right? You're there going, come on guys, like you serve the customer, but at that point they go, we're happy to just treat you all night except for that moment. Well, this is the thing. They spend so much time focusing on their product, their service, getting customers in the doors, amazing service, amazing food. They shouldn't have to worry about the payment experience. But in a services industry like that, that part counts. You don't want to close out the conversation. No, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So we're, we're super proud. We've been really uh, humbled by the adoption across the hospitality industry. I think probably half the pubs in Victoria and okay. now across Australia are using Zella. So this is something that complements them. Okay. Now, with Zella... In terms of market share across Australia, how do you... Is it sort of like the old Lion Nathan slash, you know, versus Carlton United Breweries point where they would just go out there and they'd have to win over each pub? Do you, are you up against previous employee employers and... Um, and No, but are you... Is that... Is, they can only have one point they of can. sale. Yeah. So how do you charm them. Because, and I'm talking, you know, from an entrepreneurial point of view, sure. who are also in that space, and they're thinking like, shit, how do I at scale cut through, show them there's an alternative, knowing how busy they are? Like, do you have, like, an army of people that go out there, and how does it work? We, we do have a sales team, but a super small and effective one. So, no, I think we took it in different phases, where the first one was to actually start talking to a few prominent operators in the industry and say, what are your pain points? What are you worried about? 
you know, what do you want to save on or improve? And we just focus on them. So faster throughput of customers, saving money on those transactions, better functionality like split payments and things like that. And we said, all right, let's build it. And we built it to suit them. They got started. And the whole, like if you take hospitality, for example, and it's the same in every sector, it's so viral. So if you have a good product and you get in there and you impress a few people, they'll refer. Like the referrals yeah. we get from our customers is, is amazing. And so are we sort of talking what level? Are we talking like Justin Hems and Maryvale? They have all those, you know, restaurants or, you know, the, the Chris Lucas group of restaurants. Is that sort of what you mean? Yeah, Chris Lucas group uses Zella. Trader House group uses Zella. Justin, if you want to have a chat, love to talk <laughs> to you as well. Um, no, the big the big hospitality groups, but also the smaller ones. Even like yeah. the startup, the kebab shop, fish and chip, pizza, whatever, they're all starting to use Zella more and more because we think we do solve a lot of pain points. Yeah, amazing. All right, there you go. Um, And, you know, why does it mean so much to create solutions that really focus on both the human connection and the tech? Because tech companies, especially fintech, can get caught up and tangled in their own needs and solutions, but it's really can be quite distant from the human experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, I don't think you or I should go too philosophical here, but there is an element Why? about I'm, fintech. You want to go there? Are you All judging right. me because I used to be a former getaway host <laughs> uh, who had spray tan and white teeth and bleach blonde hair? You still do have spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> no, a, Fair point. No, go no. philosophical. Shit, uh, yeah. Well, okay, at the risk of doing this, fintech... Payments, for example, we are all buyers and sellers, right? We are all, every day we buy things, we trade things, we've always been doing it, we always will. So we're all in that equation. So if you look at that equation, that when a buyer and a seller comes together, as we said before, you still want it to be a positive experience. You don't want this ugly terminal mm. in, interacting, you don't want it slow, you want a bit of outage, you don't want it to pay too much. You, you want a positive experience there. So we really focus on that. Our terminals or our solutions mm. app look better than other ones, they're more effectively priced. They're more reliable, they're faster processing, you get your money quicker. We looked at all those things and said, what can we solve for them? And we heard that, and the feedback was loud and clear. That said, at the start, we took a premise that there was about five or six things we needed to fix. So we didn't have to ask people about this. We knew that to be fixed. We did that. But now we've got so many businesses, about 40,000 at the moment, using Zella. We could talk to them. And we hear every day, their feedback's phenomenal. And we just ingest all that, make sure we can develop as much of those solutions they need to run their business. So it starts to get customised. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben Fistra. Not at all. Thank you. Ben Fistra there, CEO and co-founder of Zella. You can get more info over at myzella.com. Well, thanks for listening. A reminder, you can hear Startup Nation with me, Jules Sun, live on Disrupt Radio, Monday to Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. via DAB Plus and online at disrupt.radio. And, of course, catch these highlights on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Disrupt Radio. Tune in to Opportunity. Opportunity.